From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. There's a new treatment option for people with severe diabetes or certain chronic pancreatic diseases that involves transplanting some special cells of the pancreas called islets. Here to talk about this is Dr. Mark Laftavi. He's a professor of surgery and transplant surgeon who's interim chief of transplant services at Upstate University Hospital. Thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. So tell me about what, uh, what type of patient is uh, most appropriate for this type of surgery. Well, let me explain about the pancreas. Uh, it's a complex organ, mostly built for uh, secreting digestive enzymes. So 90, more than 98, 99% of the whole organs serve to secrete enzymes that can digest the food we eat every day. Now, the nature has put some cells called islet cells or beta cells inside the pancreas that indeed uh, secrete insulin. And okay. that is for cure of diabetes. So some people get chronic pancreatitis or some chronic pancreatic disease, uh, which is a devastating disease uh, causing a lot of pain, interfere with their life and their activity. When you say pancreatitis, itis means it's an inflammation, right? Yes, but it's a chronic. It's not like something acute. We have acute pancreatitis that may be treated and uh, cured for a good time, but chronic pancreatitis is a repeating inflammation of the pancreas, and these people have episode of uh, pancreatitis uh, within every two, three months or even more. So and during that episode, are they hospitalized? Yes, mostly need to be hospitalized, uh, keep MPO, because anytime we eat, we stimulate the pancreas. So they can't uh, eat. Exactly. And some of them live on TPN or IV food. Oh. And then uh, is a devastating disease, as I said, uh, causing a lot of trouble to the patients and influence on their uh, life, life and their activity. Uh, Therefore, these people sometimes need surgery, but uh, at the end, they need to uh, remove, we need to remove the pancreas. But when we remove the pancreas, this patient become uh, diabetics because we remove the islet cells too. Now, there is a, a new cutting-edge therapy that we can take that pa bad pancreas and digest it in the lab and pick, pick up the islet cells and then inject them inside the liver. We're going to live and secrete insulin. So the patients, after removal of their pancreas, don't need insulin anymore. Because you've taught the liver how to take over that role. Yes. Huh. And... Uh, this is a tremendous improvement in their life because diabetes also is a devastating disease that can cause many secondary complications, including kidney failure, blindness, major vascular disease, cardiac problems. Uh, diabetes impact everywhere in the body, on your nerves, in your heart, in your vessels. So how well does the liver adapt to this new job? The good things about this kind of therapy that you don't use uh, immunosuppression because it is your own cells and does not need uh, us to give you some medication to prevent rejection. 
So you're just moving cells from one organ to another. Another organ, that's true. There is other type also that we do islet cell transplant in the second phase. Here is that when we use the uh, for diabetic patients. On those, we use the, uh, the allo islet. And so we'll get into that. That's the same type of operation, but for, for diabetes, right? That's right. Um, but I have some more questions about how this works in, in the operation. So you simply remove the pancreas from the patient during the operation. Right. Uh, then the pancreas goes to a lab? Yes. The pancreas goes immediately to the lab and processed there, and the islet will be removed from the uh, bad pancreas. And then is the islet is the islet one one little section or are these islet cells scattered throughout the pancreas? What is? Yes, there are a couple cells in the islet cells that regulate the uh, sugar in the body, and therefore the, we remove the whole islet. But the most islet cells that we use are the beta cells, that they are responsible for secretion of uh, insulin. Now, are these visible to the naked eye? Or yes. Oh, we really? will, no, not in naked eye, uh, with the microscope. Microscope, okay. Yes. So is the patient still in the operating room while the lab technician is doing the work to remove the eyelets? Yes, it takes two, three hours to have them ready, but we need to reconstruct because when we remove the pancreas, then we have to reconstruct the bowel, and then we have to hook it back to the stomach and do some surgery. So when we are done with that uh, surgery, then the islet are ready to be injected. And then through the vein that we call it the portal vein, it is the venous vein that supplies the uh, liver. Uh, we inject them there and they will go and sit in the liver and start to secrete insulin. Do they start working right away? Yes, but we may, the patient need to uh, have insulin because we want the islet to rest for a while till they recover from the processing injury. Okay, interesting. So uh, if you do this operation for someone with diabetes, is it done the same way? Yes, it's normally, but now we take it from a deceased donor. We take the pancreas from deceased donors, and then we process the pancreas, and we do the same procedure, but here we don't remove the patient pancreas. So the patient pancreas remain intact. So and it continues with the digestive enzymes? Exactly. Okay. And then we will uh, take these cells and uh, inject in the liver. In the whole pancreas transplant, we indeed transplant an organ that 98% of that organ does not serve the aim of the transplantation because 98% is the digestive enzymes that the patient normally have his own digestive enzymes through his own pancreas. But then he need the beta cells or the islet cells. And therefore, in diabetes, only the islet cells are killed or destroyed by the, the body immune system. So, and then we, in the whole pancreas, we transplant bowel and we transplant the other cells that we don't need them and they actually the major uh, challenge or complication occur because of the these kind of cells or they secrete these very strong enzymes that normally can chew the food so 
Are you saying are islet transplants, would they would this replace the need for pancreas transplants? That's right. Entirely? So in the future, we believe that this, because there's a huge difference in the procedure. Normally, whole pancreas transplant is a big surgical procedure uh, requiring a couple hours of uh, surgery. Here, Plus waiting for the appropriate donor to become right. available. Here, we can do it as an outpatient. So it's a very simple procedure with uh, our intervention radiologists can put a small catheter in the vein and we can inject them. It does not even need a general anesthesia. It can be done even local. Now, we haven't um, talked about with, with diabetes. Are we talking about type 1 or type 2 or both? Well, currently for type 1 and also type 2 because... Uh, slim type 2, those who are not obese, anybody who they don't have enough insulin, they can benefit. And it's not very easy sometimes to uh, differentiate between type 1 and type 2 because a lot of classifications uh, are not precise. A lot of people think that young people are mostly type 1, but young people can be type 2. A lot of people think type 2 are mostly adult or older patients and mostly African-American, but that's not true. African-American can have type 1, and even older people can develop type 1 diabetes. So that classification is not very clear, uh, but we look to something called C-peptide and other factors to determine if they have uh, insulinopenia, which means that their insulin in their body is low. So there is sometimes people, because of obesity, uh, they have insulin, but the insulin they have is not enough for that body when they become uh, big. So, uh, but when you have insulinopenia, when the insulin in your body is low, certainly pancreatic transplant can help. Let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with transplant surgeon Mark Loftavi about islet transplants. So you mentioned um, immunosuppressants are not needed after an islet transplant because it's the patient's own islet cells. Yes. That's, um, you know, one of the challenging transplant that we have to use uh, medications, uh, which we call them immunosuppressant. And those medications uh, have uh, many side effects, including that you can be more prone to infection, to cancer. Uh, and therefore, in the autotransplant, you don't need to use those medications. Okay. Are there um, risks of the surgery, or what are the risks of undergoing an islet transplant? Well, the islet cells, uh, um, the procedure for... Uh, Putting the islet in the liver normally has a low risk compared to the whole pancreatic surgery. Uh, but there is a risk of sometimes thrombosis, like mean clot in the liver, or bleeding because we anticoagulate the patient during the procedure. Uh, but they are not too high, let's say. Okay. You, and you said it's less risk than a, a full pancreas transplant. Absolutely. Um, what about long-term for islet transplants? How do we know the liver is going to keep doing this, you know, insulin production indefinitely? 
for the autopilot, actually, the outcome are uh, very good. In about 70% of the patient uh, don't need insulin anymore. But also, many other factors are uh, playing a role there. But some people kept it for a long time. So it depends how the body reacts and something we call fibrosis. Because the, uh, if you get fibrosis around the islet cells, then it limits uh, their function. Uh, okay. What, uh, what other changes would a patient um, see after they've undergone an islet transplant? Um, what's recovery like? And then long term, are there changes that they see? The majority of the patient, uh, the pain will go away because this is a really uh, painful uh, disease. Uh, in our program, uh, we have a multidisciplinary team, including the GI, uh, psych, uh, Gastro, pain management. Gastroenterology, yes. psychiatry. Psychiatry and uh, social worker, dietitians, surgeons, and medical uh, uh, physicians. Uh, we evaluate these patients extensively uh, from many aspects, and then we come with a plan for them, and uh, <clears throat> would be followed after procedure also for a good time. And we work with them, coach them to uh, have a better and happier life. This kind of disease are not easy to treat. They are complex, and they need a comprehensive team to work on that in a collaboration with the patients and their physician to have a good outcome. Are there any conditions that a, a person with pancreatitis might also have that would prohibit them from having the islet transplant? Yes, some of them, they develop diabetes. So when the islet is already killed, then we cannot use them. Ah, good point. Uh, but other than that, are there age restrictions or any other um, guidelines for... No, it depends also to how many islets we can uh, capture from the uh, diseased pancreas. So uh, hopefully we can get as much as possible. If the number is very low, then they may not, uh, they may still need some insulin. But you wouldn't know that really, or is there a way to assess how many islets there are before you're doing the operation we do we actually can count them okay and see how many we are giving and if we go enough numbers then the success rate is higher than when we capture very little islet cells so if if there's someone in the community who has pancreatitis and they're yes. interested in this they can, how would they get in touch with you they can call the transplant program at upstate and then we will call them back and get some information and we'll be arranging for an appointment with them. I think that they have to seek a comprehensive program to look to all aspects of the disease, and that's where the success is. So for listeners, that number would be 315-464-5413. Oh, very interesting. Thank you so much for sharing this information. You're um, my guest has been Dr. Mark Laptavi. He's the Interim Chief of Transplant Services at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.